Good morning. Good morning and welcome to Key Parliaments. Guess what? It is Wisdom Wednesday and I'm so grateful to be here with you guys. Let's see those keys in those hearts. Those keys in those hearts. Those keys are because God desires to give us the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever we bind in earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose in earth will be loose in heaven. Those hearts are because we are experiencing the unconditional love of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and there is nothing that anyone can do about it. I am so excited to be here on this Wisdom Wednesday. One of my most favorite days of the week is today when it comes down to key empowerments because this is a time where we begin to sit down and we begin to dissect and we begin to talk and we just begin to just do things and absolutely totally love it. Absolutely totally love it. <laughs> Good morning to my husband. I know that he is listening from wherever he is. Good morning to our key team. Let me know where you're listening and from. So if I just so happen to look down, um, I can give your city and state a shout out. Um, I'm just so excited about today's um, topic. I really am. I'm, I'm excited about today's topic uh, because this is something that we um, all need to just kind of sort of dissect and look at because it is absolutely amazing how the Lord has set our life up. Set our life up. I mean, just totally set it up. As we are calling on the name of Jesus all up and down the timeline, for it is at his name that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that our God, he is Lord. Those keys and hearts are also being released. You all know what they're for. And so let's go into a word of prayer. If this is your first time joining us, I want to say welcome to Key Parliaments. And what you hear are the pages of my heart turning. I absolutely love the word of God. So as I am teaching or I'm ministering, you will often hear the pages of the Bible turning. I'm a Bible-based ministry here, and I absolutely love the Word of God. You're probably saying, well, I'm new. I don't know what the the keys are because God has given you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind in earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose in earth will be loose in heaven. Those hearts are because you are experiencing the unconditional love of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's why we loose those keys in those hearts here. We say the name of Jesus because it's at his name that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that our God, he is Lord. Y'all don't pay me no mind. My allergies are king up. <clears throat> but it's all good. We're going into prayer. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you on this wonderful morning for it is the day that you have given us and we will rejoice and be glad in it. God, our soul is making boast in you right now. And we say thank you for being who you are in our lives. Damn, my greatest spiritual warfare is social media. It has always been like that ever since I've been ministering. And, I mean, it is what it is. So I'm not going to be before you long today. I just want to talk to you this morning as the Spirit of God begins to um, minister today. Um, I know that my greatest spiritual warfare is I'm going to have to employ intercessors for media. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to employ intercessors for media. It's been like this ever since I've been ministering. Ever since I, I mean, it happens, uh, it doesn't happen a lot on Key Powerments, but for some reason it's been happening a lot on Key Powerments. Um, so I'm going to employ social media intercessors um, that are going to begin to pray for uh, social media because it's been like this, guys, and it is what it is. It's, I'm used to it. Media has always been Media has always been my warfare. Sound has always been my warfare. It has always been like this from the day I can remember um, putting a mic in my hand. <laughs> so I'm used to it, right? Um, 
I want to go to Matthew, the 22nd chapter, and I'm going to be reading it from the first verse all the way down to the 14th verse. Matthew, the 22nd chapter. I'm going to be reading from the King James Version of the Bible. I'm so the I mean, the Amplified Version. The Amplified Version is a little bit lengthier as it pertains to Scripture because it goes into uh, parentheses. It begins to uh, speak in a language that we can, one, understand, and then, two, it begins to translate the begins to translate the Greek in another way um, so it's a little it's a little longer but it's it's more uh, expressive and it's it, it, it's more simplified to me right and this is just me right uh, and so let's start here uh, from the amplified version of the Bible it says and again Jesus spoke to them in parables comparisons stories used to illustrate and explain these are parables saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son and sent his servants to summons those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they refused to come. Again, he sent other servants saying, tell those who are invited, behold, I have prepared my banquet. I need for someone to say, my life has been prepared. Go ahead and type that down. My life has been prepared. It says here, my bullocks and my fat calves are killed and everything is prepared. Come to the wedding feast. But they were not concerned and paid no attention. They ignored and made light of the summons, treating it with contempt. And they went away, one to his farm, another to his business while the others seized his servants, treating them shamefully and put them to death. Hearing this, the king was infuriated and he sent his soldiers and put those murderers to death and buried their city. Then he said to his servants, the wedding feast is prepared. Those who invited were not worthy, but I need you now to go throughout the city where they live, outside of the city, where the main roads and those from the country end, and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. And those servants went out on the crossroads and got together as many as they found, both bad and good. So the room in which the wedding feast was held was filled with guests. But when the king came in to view the guests, he looked intently at a man there who had on no wedding garment. And he said, friend, how did you come in here without putting on the appropriate wedding garment? And he was speechless, muzzled, gagged. When the king said to this attendants, tie him hand and foot and then throw him into the darkness outside. There will be weeping and grinding of teeth. Verse 14, the one that we love to quote. For many are called, which is being invited and summons. But few are chosen. I want to talk to you this morning because 
We quote this scripture oftentimes. Many are called, but few are chosen. And the Lord has allowed me to teach a message on last week as I'm teaching the church regarding spiritual maturity and spiritual growth. You have to understand that we begin to quote the scripture and we really don't understand the context of the scripture. We call this scripture into existence in our atmosphere, sometimes to validate our gifting. But in the context that it's been used in scripture, it's not to validate your gifting. And I understand that we like to use scripture out of context to validate our movements in the kingdom of God. But you have to understand how God begins to put the scripture in alignment with the context of his vision for our life, with his view for our life, with his predestined, his predestined way of our life. You have to understand this. And it's okay sometimes to extract scripture out of, out of, out of, out of, out of, not out of the context, but it's okay to use scripture sometimes to begin to validate some works. But it's not okay to use scripture to validate works that are not of God. It's not okay to, to use scripture to validate a movement that's not of God. It's not okay to use scripture to manipulate or to try to validate something that's not of God. And this is what the enemy likes to do at all times. He's just what he is. He's a perverted person. And so he likes to use scripture out of context many times to validate why you should do a certain things. And it's okay because a lot of people will say, well, you can't judge me. What the Bible clearly says, and I understand when we say don't judge, we're using it in a way where it is a condemn, where it's condemning people. When we say we are not supposed to judge people, we're, we're, when we say that, we're saying it in a way where we're not supposed to condemn people with our own dogmatic religious beliefs. But the Bible clearly says that judgment first begins in the household of faith. So there is a judgment that comes into the household of faith, but not to condemn it, but to convict and release the conviction of the Holy Spirit of God. So this is why we can't judge or misjudge or prejudge something, because now if we don't understand the content of why God is doing something, then we, we don't have a right to misjudge what we don't understand. And so now when we use scripture to validate the, an illegal movement of God, then what we're doing is we are not using it in the proper context that God put it in scripture. But that's another teaching within itself. Uh, you have to understand that what God does here is God then begins to use the analogy when it comes down to being called and chosen as it pertains to scripture uh, and salvation. He uses uh, the analogy of a king and servants. And you have to understand that there are there is a difference between being called and chosen. I like Wisdom Wednesday. Somebody say Wisdom Wednesday and put it in the chat line and also begin to say God is prophetic. Y'all know I like to say that God is prophetic. He is certainly prophetic. Uh, you have to understand when God begins to align your life up, when God begins to align your life up, he begins to align your life up with his understanding of what it is that he has already predestined your life to do and predestined your life to be. 
oftentimes what happens is, is we like to order our own steps and we like to say and dictate what God is doing in our life. Uh, there's a scripture, uh, Jeremiah, the first chapter. I want to go there for just a minute because I have to uh, begin to ask you this question as the Lord begin to download this into my spirit. Uh, Jeremiah, the first chapter and the, and the fifth verse. I know we all know this, but let's go there for the sake of just going there. Can we go there? Because I absolutely love the word of God. It says here in Jeremiah, the first chapter and the fifth verse. And I want to ask you this question as we teach on Wisdom Wednesday. I love Wisdom Wednesday. God knows I love Wisdom Wednesdays. It says, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet to the nation. I love this. And we oftentimes misuse this scripture. We use it to fit a reasoning as to why we do what we do. But I want you to understand something, that as we begin to use this scripture in the way the Lord, and we begin to allow the Spirit of God to begin to illuminate the scripture in our spirit, we will see what, we, we'll see what we've been chosen more than anything. Uh, the Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. I want to ask you this question as I begin to teach on last week and I'm bringing uh, key empowerment up to the teachings of what I'm doing in the church. I I've taught this on last week, but I'm going to teach it from another standpoint because it's really teaching moment here at Wisdom Wednesday. If now I want you to listen to me and, and I want you to I want you to hear this scripture again. Let's read this again. I want to read this again and, and, and I want you to put yourself where God has me right now. And it's okay because you can do that because you're here. We're going to walk together. It says, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet to the nations. So if God knew you before you were born, where were you? That's the question. If God knew you before you were born, where were you? And what kind of life did you have before you were conceived in your mother's womb? What was really going on with you before you were conceived in your mother's womb? Because you have to understand something, that when we begin to look at this scripture, it already depicts a predestined and chosen life. It already does. It already says that Jeremiah was already chosen. It already says that he was set apart. It already said that God called him and then he was chosen. Let's really look at this thing, really. If we be, God elected, chosen, predestined his life before he was already in his mother's womb. Let's look at this again. It says, before I formed thee in the belly, before, I, before your mother and father even thought about coming together, I already chose you before. Before I already called you, I already elected you before y'all even before your parents even came together. I already knew you. I formed you. Watch this before I formed you in the belly. I knew you. And before you came forth, before you were born out of the womb, I sanctified thee and I ordained thee a prophet to the nations. Absolutely incredible. When you begin to look at what God has already done. And when you begin to look at the predestined life that you have. Now you have to understand something. That I love Romans the 8th chapter and 28th verse. We're going to sum it all up. Don't worry. We're going here. Watch this. It begins to say that all things work together for the good for them who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. His purpose, not your purpose, but his purpose. 
And in order to be in his purpose, you first res must respond to his plan. And, and the reason why God began to talk to Jeremiah that way is because God wanted Jeremiah to respond to his plan that he had prior to him being conceived. There is a response to the call that must begin to re be reflected in the earthly realm. There is a choice that you must make in order to walk in the realm of being chosen. See, many are called, but few are chosen. Why are you saying that? Because when we look at this analogy of the king, let's go back and look at it. He called the people to a banquet that was already prepared. Their response to the call reflect if whether or not they were submitted to being chosen. It, their, their being chosen, their, them answering the call reflected if they walked in what was already predestined for their life. Watch now. We got to put this thing together because when we look at the king, the king has already said, I have already predestined a place for them to sit down. I'm calling them to what has already been prepared. So what happens is the choosing is something that we respond to. You can be called but not chosen based upon your response. See, every time God calls you, there must be a response to be chosen. Somebody say, I must respond to be chosen. Because what happens is many are called but few are chosen. This is why when we begin to put it all together. This is why all things work together for the good. Because when we begin to put it all together, we begin to understand that it's just not enough to be called. I must answer the call in order to reflect being chosen. This is why God began to tell Jeremiah from the beginning. He said, Jeremiah, this is what I need you to understand. Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. And before you came forth out of the womb, I then sanctified thee. I sanctified thee. Now I need you to respond to sanctification. I ordained you. Now I need you to respond to what has been ordained. I then did all of these things before I, you were formed, before you came out of the belly. I've already prepared a place for you. Y'all don't believe me? Okay, let's, let's go. Let's go. You know, in 2 Peter, or the third chapter, around the ninth verse, it talks about that God wishes that none of us shall perish, right? Hell enlargeneth herself daily, which means that we cannot, now I need you to understand something, we cannot blame God for the choices that we choose to make because we have to understand the power of our choice, the power of our decision-making power. Our decision-making power sets our destiny up. Y'all don't believe me, it's all right. Because you have to understand that God has already predestined your life. You must make a choice to choose to submit to what has been predestined for you. You know, a lot of times what happens is, is what God has for us never manifests because somebody then told us, somebody, I don't want to say who's told us because I don't know who you're listening to, but somebody told us that all you need is a prophet to prophesy. All you need is a prophet to prophesy over your life and you sit down and wait for the manifestation of the prophetic word to manifest. But there are many realms and dimensions to the prophetic you know, we abuse the scripture that says, uh, if the, 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 in order for you to know a prophet that things must manifest, you will know a prophet is of a prophet of God if what they say manifests. That's scripture. 
But when you use it for personal prophecy, then you've taken the context of the prophet out of order. Because there is a realm of prophecy that will manifest if whether even if you do something and if you don't do anything. Because you have to understand the realm of prophecy. It, personal prophecy is conditional. But when we abuse that scripture and take it out of context, we'll wait for a prophetic word to manifest without no works. And we'll take that context of prophet and we'll use that prophet, we'll use the context of that prophet. I said I said context of that prophet because every prophetic ordinance requires a context of operation and, and administration. But that's another teaching within itself. And in order to gain a greater understanding of a true prophet, you have to understand the context of administration of prophecy. But that's another topic and teaching within itself that God will begin to give you a revelation and illumination concerning the realm of prophecy and dimensions of operation. But that's another topic within itself. But what has happened is we have taken the we have used that scripture and abused it. And so what has happened is God then will speak a word of prophecy over our life that we must choose to submit to and respond to. And because we don't understand the context of administration in the office of the prophet, we'll use that context of scripture out of order and sit down and twiddle our thumbs and wait for personal prophecy to manifest without us operating in the conditions for it to manifest. Listen to me by the leading of the Holy Spirit of God. You have to understand that when God then begins to allow a preparation, a predestined preparation to desire to be manifested in the earthly realm based upon the calling, you have to choose to respond. Okay. Okay, watch this. Go ahead and pace, Tarika. Go ahead and pace. Watch this. To be chosen, a person must first accept his calling. You must first accept it, be grateful for it, and watch this, and move forward in serving God his son. And let, let me go back to Jeremiah, the first chapter in the, in the fifth verse. Can I go there? Let me, let me, I want to go there for just a minute because God was trying and what he was doing is, and God never tries. We say this word trying for lack of appeasing our understanding because God just does. But I understand the concept when we say God is trying to, because when we say God is trying to do it, we're saying that God is really trying to work with our flesh. That's it. Because God just does a thing. He doesn't try to do anything. He's God. He never tries to do anything. He just does it. He either does it or he doesn't. But for the sake of understanding our little finite mind and for the sake of our flesh, our flesh makes it seems like God is trying because now we're trying to submit to the will of God. We're trying to submit to predestined steps. We're trying to crucify the members of our flesh. We're trying to do things that has already been in existence. We're trying to do them. So for the sake of trying to understand, we say what God is trying to do. But God never tries to do anything. We make it seem like he's trying because of our lack of crucifixion. Because God never tried with Jesus. He just did. He is. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is. He is the I am of I am. He's the I am of all I ams. So he never tried with God because Jesus, Jesus was a total submitted vessel. So he never tried with Jesus. He just did. 
When you saw Jesus, you saw his father. There was no trying to see his countenance through Jesus except for the uncrucified flesh trying to see and understand who God was through Jesus. God already, Jesus already knew who God was in him. There was no trying to be God in Jesus. He just was. But that's another topic within itself. So for the sake of understanding because of an untotaled crucified flesh, God tries to get us to understand what he's saying because he's sovereign. In his sovereignty, we accept and he accepts him trying to help us. But that's another topic within itself. Watch this. I told you my mind is set up a different kind of way. And I'm not talking to your flesh in this season. I'm talking to your spirit. What God was trying to get Jeremiah to understand. And the only reason why God was trying to get Jeremiah to understand is because Jeremiah had an excuse as to why he didn't answer the call in which he was called prior to him being born. Watch what the Bible says here. And we're going to tie it all in to the king. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Because we're using it in two different contexts here. We're using it in the context of being called into a gifting of prophecy. And then we're using it in the context of being called into understanding the chosen and to being admitted into the kingdom of God. Two totally different realms we are ministering here from. But I got to do it because of the type of people that are listening today. Because some of you are called to operate in the realm of prophecy. But you keep giving God an excuse as to why you're not called. And why you're not operating in ministry the way God desires for you to operate in. And then we got a bunch of people that are here today. That have been called into the kingdom of God. But they think they can do whatever they want to do and enter into the kingdom of heaven. But it's okay. Because God is dealing with the context of the two type of people that are here today. That will be submitted after the teaching. So now there are two realms that we're speaking of today that God is beginning to consume and he's beginning to put it into one context. Listen to me, by the leading of the Holy Spirit of God, because God can do that because he's God. So now he speaks to the prophet and he says, wait a minute, I understand that you're going to give me an excuse as to why you're not going to operate in what I called you to and chose you to do before you were formed in your mother's womb. And then I understand the people that are here that have been called but need to be chosen because now they're operating in being called the way they want to be called and they're missing the place where I, they're missing the mark and being aligned to move into the place where I prepare for them, which is the kingdom of God. So let me talk to this group of people here today. At one said, and then I'm going to move to the next. Listen, by the leading of the Holy Spirit of God. And God begins to tell Jeremiah, he says, before I formed thee in the belly and knew thee, I sanctified thee before you came out. I sanctify thee and I ordain thee a prophet. Watch what he says. This is what Jeremiah says. Ah, Lord, God, behold, I cannot speak for I'm a child. And, and listen to this. We then give God excuses as to why we can't do what God told us to do. Like God didn't already know that we were predestined to walk into what he already told us to do before we got there. See, God is telling somebody here to do something and you are giving God your excuse as to why you're not doing it. But you are missing the mark that says that God already knew that he was going to ask you to do what he asked you to do before you came up with the excuse. So now God's got to try to chip away at your excuses to try to get you to understand that he already predestined and knew you were going to be where you are. That's why he asked you to do what he asked you to do before you knew he asked you to, that he was going to do it. Because he already knew you were going to give him an excuse when you're giving him the excuse. This is why he's given you a chance to answer the call 
so that you can be chosen to walk in what he had already predestined before you got there. And while you keep giving God your excuses, God says, I'm going to try to get you to understand something. I predestined you to walk in what I already asked you to walk into before you got there. This is why I'm asking you to do what I'm asking you to do because I've already made all things work together for the good for your life in order for you to do and accomplish what I've asked you to do before you got there. The reason why I'm asking you to open up the ministry is because I preordained or preordained for you to open up the ministry. Even though you're giving me an excuse as to why you can't do it, I've already predestined you to do it. The reason why I'm asking you to do it is because I know the timings and seasons of your life that you don't know. I've already asked you and asked your life and given your life permission to be executed to fulfill my word and my mandate in the earthly realm before you and in you and through you before you got here. This is why I'm asking you to do it because I've already orchestrated your life and made all things work together for the good up until this moment. Now you got to make the choice to obey Jeremiah. I know. So now you have to understand why we use it. Yeah, many are called, but few are chosen. You can be chosen, but not operate in being chosen, which means that you are still in the realm of being called because chosen is not manifesting through you. So now stop making, y'all going to be all right. I got to go here. I just, I just, let me, let me, let me, let me, my zeal gets me going. Stop saying that you're called and chosen when you're not being, when chosen is not manifested out of you. You're chosen, you have chosen. You're chosen to still be at called. You're right. You are. Many are called, but few are chosen. You're right. You are the few that have made a decision to choose to remain at being called. There's two different realms. Because y'all go be all right. So now, watch it. If I do not answer the call, I cannot be chosen. I can't. See, God will only respond to who he hears responding to what he's called. The only way God was able to communicate with Jeremiah is because Jeremiah responded to the voice of God. Watch now. Watch. And we're going to go to the, to the analogy of the king when he called the people. Watch this. Here we have Jeremiah who's having a full-blown blown conversation with God. He's having a whole conversation with God. He's responding to the sound of God. He's responding to the sound of God. And so now if I call you and you don't answer, I don't know where you at. I can call your name all you want, all I want. I can, have you ever, watch this, I can be in the store. I can be in the store. And when I'm looking for my husband, I do dumb stuff. I don't know about you. I do stuff that's just crazy, right? So if I'm in the store and I, watch this now, and I need my husband. And my husband and I are in a mall or we're in a large store or when I'm with my daughter, I can call their name and I can call their name and I don't have to call their name by name. I'll say, Bay, 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 where are you, Bay? I'll call my daughter, Stanky, Stanky, where are you? Watch this. Without me calling them by name, they know my sound and they'll respond to my sound. And then I can go to their choice. I can now choose to go in the direction that I hear them answering my call. I, they know my sound. And so they hear my sound 
going on an assignment through the atmosphere. My sound reaches their destination. They answer the call. And then now what happens is I then choose to go to where I hear the answer, which means it gives me the ability to choose to pick the location in where I hear the answer coming from. So now what happens is if God calls you, you have to answer. You have to respond to the call in order to be chosen. Am I making this plain today? I got to simplify this so you can hear it, so you can stop using the true prophet manifestation out of context. Watch this. Now, 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 if, if, if I call you, if God calls you and you don't answer, he can't, he can't, he can't, he can't go there. Now you must understand, let's get back to Matthew, the 22nd chapter, because, because God needs you to understand this, right? So in, in the culture where they were being raised or back in those times, right? There were two invitations that were expected when a banquet was prepared. See, God has already prepared destiny for you. He's already prepared a place for you. If somebody has already prepared something for me, the only thing I have to do is move towards what's been prepared, which means that I don't have to do anything but obey the sound of the summons. Y'all gonna be all right. You're gonna be all right. Watch this. There were two, there were, there were, there were, there were two uh, invitations that were that were expected at the time when banquets, when the king begin to prepare these banquets, right? The first asked the guests to attend, and the second announced that all was ready. There was a, there was an announcement, a pronouncement, an announcement at your response. See, when you respond to the call, there is an announcement that you responded to the call. There was an announcement put out in the atmosphere that you responded to the call, which made you be, which, which put you and moved you from being called to chosen. Because now I pronounced and announced that you responded to the call, which moved you from being called into being chosen. Listen to me, because there are a lot of called people who are going to hell. You must understand that in this story, the king invited his guests three times. There were two times in the culture that they are to be in summons. But in this particular scripture, the king summons three times, which is an indication that Jesus keeps calling us over and over and over again. There is no God. He says, I'm going to keep calling you until you answer the call. I'm going to keep calling you till you answer the call. This is why the king put out three of them. In, 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 in reality, and doing that culture is only two. But because of what God is doing, he says, I need to go beyond the logistics. I need to go beyond what is normal. And I got to call, make a three. I got to call them three times because I'm going to keep calling you until you answer the call. Because now you have to understand that you are a chosen generation. And in order for you to be a chosen generation, you must abide by the principles in the kingdom that you live in. Watch this. I'm going to keep calling you until you answer the call. I'm not going to stop calling your name. You know, there was a time, there was a time 
where when the Lord was calling my name and he wanted me to answer the call. I, I'm telling you, it's as real as day. I don't even know if whether or not any of you have experienced this, but because the Holy Spirit of God brought this up in my spirit, let me go ahead and say this. I would be sleeping at night and it was like I was almost going into a deep sleep. And as I would be almost going into the deep sleep, I would hear or something call my name. It would say, and I'd be like, oh, what the heck was that? You know, but it was during a time where I was falling into a deep sleep. See, I already knew what kind of life I was living. It, the life that I was living was a consecrated life. Listen to me. It was a consecrated. See, you sanctify your life holy. Y'all going to be all right. It was a sanctified life. I had allowed the Holy Spirit of God. I was a totally submitted, crucified vessel. So when I would hear in the middle of the night, I would jump up and I'd be like, what in the world was that? I would be on the path train and I would be on my way off of the path train onto the New York City Transit Authority. I would go from the path train into New York. I would be crying and I would hear, and I would turn around and I would look. Now, see, this is how come I said God is prophetic in my life. He may not. See, prophetic demonstration has always been done in my life. This is why I, I, abide by, I abide by prophetic moments, right? And so I would hear, and I would turn around and I'd be looking. In the train station, I'd be looking. I'd be looking. Well, somebody called my name. I would be on the train. But my mind would be on Jesus. My mind wouldn't be on what was going on around. And during those times when my mind was on Jesus, or when I would be in falling into a deep sleep, I would hear, I would say, what in the world? And, and, and as I begin to uh, answer the call, I said, now I'm going to try something. Now, this is what I'm going to do. Now, everybody, if you're not living a sanctified life and you don't have a consecrated life, do not answer that call. Let me say that. If you're doing whatever you feel like you want to do, if you're just going around sleeping with Johnny May and sleeping with Johnny and drinking and smoking, you don't know, don't answer the call. If you're into uh, burning sage and burning uh, wickers and doing all that, do not answer that call. Let me say that. Because burning sage and calling on the name of Jesus are mixing realms. You are lukewarm because you cannot burn sage and believe in other gods and read your horoscopes. I wouldn't care what nobody say. You don't read your horoscopes. I don't care what nobody say. You, I'm, not a, I'm not a Gemini. I'm Jesus. Come on, somebody. It, it is what it is. I don't read no horoscopes. Anything the Bible says not to do, I don't do. My husband would tell you that. I mean, come on, somebody. It's, God gives you the grace to submit to the word. If you're doing whatever you feel like you want to do, and you hear something go, don't answer that call. That's an evil spirit because now your spirit is not consecrated before God. But if your spirit is consecrated and you're consecrated, you're sanctified. You have sanctified yourself holy. Y'all got to hear me by the leading of the Holy Spirit of God. You can't burn sage. Talking about you getting rid of evil spirits. You are inviting evil spirits into your house. I believe in the third eye. Well, you keep believing in that third eye. And that's what's seen for you. The third eye. Oh, I'm going to just walk over here. I'm going, I'm getting girl. No, you cannot mix gods. You cannot mix. Stop mixing. Whoever the Holy Spirit of God is speaking to, take away the sage. Take, throw it away. I eat sage. I don't burn it. Watch this. And I would answer that call. 
and, and I would be looking around. I would answer that call. And when I answered the call, I, 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 I answered the call. And when I answered the call, that's when the Lord began to take me into deeper realms of the prophetic. That's when he began to take me into deeper realms of understanding. Because I, I, I knew that because of the life that I was living, that this couldn't be nobody but the Lord. It, it couldn't be nobody but him. Because it was a sound that I had never heard before. But I knew the kind of life I was living. I knew where I was in God. So when I answered the call of God, and then when he began to call me into ministry, there are different realms of callings. Y'all going to be all right. I like to say there are three realms of callings. And so as I begin to answer the three realms of calling that God illuminated in my scripture, and I'll teach this one day, but not for free. So don't please don't use that freely give, freely receive thing. No, it took me time to learn this stuff. One day I offered the class. I don't know when, but when God desires to give me to offer it, then I will offer it. I don't know when, so I can't put a date on it. But know that it's not going to be for free. Uh, so now there are three realms that God allowed me to enter into in order for me to operate where he has called me into the depth of understanding and wisdom and knowledge and revelation and illumination. And so when he began to reveal these things and call me into these three realms, I had to make a choice to answer the sound of the call. Which have all which with which all have three different distinct marks of sound. There are that okay. So now if these two, if these three invitations that this king began to give, he called them three times, right? And each time, what these people did was they rejected the invitation. Now I need you to understand that God wants us, you and me and us. He wants you to join him at this banquet which lasts eternity. See, there is an eternal banquet prepared on your behalf. God already dealt with the call of the gift. Go back and listen to it. Coming from the context and content of Jeremiah, the first chapter and the fifth verse. So now we're moving over into an, an, to an eternal chosen. Listen to me. And so now you have to understand, this is why God sends us invitations again and again. And he wants me to ask you, have you accepted his invitation. Now, I need you to understand something. That it was very customary. And I need you to go back and read it in the context of Scripture. Matthew, the 22nd chapter, verses 1 through 14. Read it in the context of Scripture to understand what I'm getting ready to say. It was very customary for wedding guests to be given garments to wear to the banquet. Which means that the garments of righteousness have already been prepared for you. Garments have already been prepared for you. Let me move over to the gifting realm. Let me move over to the gifting realm. I'm going to move from the eternal realm into the gifting realm right now. Walk with me as I walk here. For those of you who are afraid to walk in the calling that God has called you to walk into and you won't answer the call, the mantle has already been, pre been prepared for you. There has already been a mantle to operate in that has been prepared for you, Jeremiah. This is why God needs you to respond to the call because there has been a preparation. The mantle has been given to you to operate in, okay? That's another topic. Calm down, Kenya. Your zeal is making you sound like you're screaming and people don't understand that zeal. You have to understand, God is speaking in two different dimensions here. I'm sorry, he's speaking in two different realms here. You got to understand. Go where you are. Categorize your spirit where it needs to be categorized. Move your spirit in the, in the category where it needs to be moved. Learn how to be led by the spirit of God. 
let me move back over into eternal. Now, now you must understand that it was unthinkable to refuse these garments back in those days. The king prepared a banquet. He then issued garments, sent you an invitation to something that was already prepared. You ain't got to do nothing but answer the summons. You don't have to do anything but answer the call. That's all you got to do. Everything else has already been prepared for you. Watch this. It was unthinkable to refuse to wear the garments. It is unthinkable to God that you would refuse the mantle of prophecy. That you would refuse the mantle. I'm in another dimension now. Refuse the mantle of evangelism. Refuse the mantle of pastor. Refuse the mantle of teacher. Refuse the mantle of, of apostle. Refuse the mantle of administration to advance the kingdom of God. It is unthinkable to God that you will refuse the mantle that is already prepared for you. Let me move into eternal. It is unthinkable to God that you would refuse the mantle of eternal life. Refuse the mantle of righteousness. Refuse the mantle because you can't make the claim that you are chosen if you've never answered the call. It, it don't work like that. Y'all going to be all right. Watch this. It, it, it would be an insult to the king. The king was insulted that the people that he invited would not wear the garments that he provided. Now, now, now I need you to hear me by the leading of the Holy Spirit of God. It is an insult to God that you would want to come into his presence and enter into the kingdom of God without wearing the garments that he prepared for you of righteousness. It's an insult. It shows arrogancy. I can do whatever I want to do and then still go to heaven. Okay, y'all ain't going to like this this morning, but you go understand. I've shifted into salvation. I've shifted into a realm of salvation now. I've moved from gifting into salvation. I've moved from gifting into the eternal because gifts and callings come without repentance. So giftings are temporary, but salvation is eternal. And so I've moved and I've crossed over into another realm. You got to follow me by the leading of the Holy Spirit of God. And so it's an insult to God that you would think that without being clothed with the righteousness of Jesus Christ, that you can enter into heaven. It's an insult. There has been a predestined table for you prepared. There's been a predestined place prepared for you. But the insult of not wearing the garments of righteousness is what is, is unthinkable to God. So now you must understand that it is an insult to the king. Watch this. Who could only assume that the guest was arrogant and thought he did not need these garments or that he did not want to take part in the wedding celebration. So now what happens is we're shifting into the realm of salvation now. What happens is I got the invitation. I never put on, I answered the call, but I never chose to put on the garments. I'm coming to the banquet the way I want to come to the banquet because I just don't want to put on the garments. I don't want to put on the mantle. I want to, I'm switching into the realm of gifting. I want to prophesy the way I want to prophesy. I want to lay hands the way I want to lay hands. I want to administer in the gift the way I want to administer in the gift. I want to do whatever I feel like I want to do. Okay. Have I not prophesied in your name? Have I not cast demons out of your name? Yes. But depart from me, ye worker of iniquity. I never knew you because you never put on the garments that I prepared for you to operate in the gifting that I release unto you, which is without repentance. It is without repentance. 
So now you want to enter into the kingdom of God without the righteousness, the garments of righteousness. It don't work that way. Watch what the Bible said. Watch what the Bible said. Watch what the Bible said. This is so prophetic, God. See, the total acceptance in God's eyes is what gives every believer the ability to come to the garments. There is a total acceptance in God's eyes that we are missing in the kingdom of God. The total acceptance in God's eyes that Christ gives every believer are the garments of righteousness. Listen to me. Every person must choose to put on the garments of righteousness in order to enter the king's banquet, which is eternal life. Hear me. By the leading of the Holy Spirit of God, there is an open invitation, but we must accept the invitation by answering the call of righteousness. We must answer it. You must imagine what God is looking at and thinking when it comes down to us thinking we can do whatever it is that we feel like we want to do, yet our arrogancy and pride makes us think we've qualified to enter into eternal life just because we're just calling on the name of Jesus without putting on the garments of righteousness. I'm going to throw out some scriptures here in order for you to understand the garments of righteousness. And in your own time, I want you to read them for the sake of time. Psalm 132 and 2. Isaiah I 61 and 10, Zechariah 3, 3 through 5, and Revelations 3, 4 and 5, Revelations 19, 7 and 8. During those times that you are to study, I want you to study the word of God. You must understand that this word called in the Greek, it means kletos. And this is where we begin to get this word paraclete. In a sense, it comes together because the spirit of God and the power of God begins to call us. But we first must answer it. This word called in the Greek means invitation. It means appointment. Don't miss your appointment by not responding to the call. Listen to me. God has appointed you to respond. When God calls you, again, as you begin to do a deeper study of this word called, it then begins to go into the word appointed. You must understand that when God invites you, he has now appointed you to enter into a realm that you've never entered into before. He has now appointed it is your job to respond, to be chosen. Listen to me. Don't miss the appointment by not responding. God in heaven today, hear me, by the leading of the Holy Spirit of God, for the sake of time. The word chosen means picked out. That means when you answer from amongst a crowd, it means that you are now begin to be picked out. I can pick out of a crowd what I see. I can pick out of a crowd 
what I hear, I can pick out of a crowd who responds to the answer because everybody is not responding to the answer, but you are. So now I can choose you out of the crowd because now you responded to my call. You are just, you are part of, I got to go. You are part of the few that have been chosen. Somebody say, I'm just not called, but I'm chosen. I'm just not called, but I'm chosen. Hashtag 21. This season, God, he's speaking to the chosen. He's speaking to the remnant. I don't want to, the Lord said to me, he said, the Lord said to me, I need for my people to be set apart, not be apart. I said, what? He said, I need for my people to be set apart, not be apart. Never mind the click. Never mind the multitude. I need them to be set apart, not be apart. In this season, you are allowing God to cause you to be set apart, not be apart. Not, not, not be a part. Hashtag 21, hashtag 21, consistency in any area of developed strength. Hear me by the leading of the Holy Spirit of God. God is calling for people in this season. He's, he's, he's pulling on your spirit. And he said, I need for you to be submitted to the call so that I can choose you. Be submitted to the call so that I can choose you. So you really can be a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a chosen generation. I chose you before you were born. Can you answer the call so that I can now choose you out of the crowd? Listen to me. Many are called, but few are chosen. Don't be like the man who came to the banquet, sat at the table, but wasn't properly garmented. He, he chose not to put on the garments that were already provided for him. See, God has already prepared a place for you. He's already prepared everything for you. And he's already positioned you and has given you the garments that you need to succeed. I need for somebody to say in the atmosphere, God has given me the garments to succeed. He's already given you. He's already done the legwork for you. He's already done the hard part for you. All you have to do is submit. The only reason why it looks like hell is breaking loose in your life is because of your obedience. Your obedience has caused a disturbance in the atmosphere. And it has literally traumatized your life. Your obedience traumatized your life. The, the, the hell that you're experiencing in your life is called what the Lord has given me. Life's traumatization is hell being traumatized. It's the, it's, the, it's the kingdom of darkness is being traumatized by your obedience. It's traumatization in the realm of darkness. Do you, do you not understand that? You triggered something. You're, the trauma, you traumatized the kingdom of darkness and your obedience triggered the trauma. Hear me by the leading of the Holy Spirit of God. You got to understand that God has already prepared a place for you. He's already sanctioned you. He's already called you into realms of greatness. Your destiny is unfolded before your eyes. This is what's going on before your life. Traumatization in the realm of darkness is being triggered by your obedience. Obedience is being, obedience is, is better than sacrifice. And your obedience to the call of God in your life begins to say, I know who called me. And because I'm answering the call, I already know that life has been traumatized by my, my obedience. The kingdom of darkness has been triggered by my obedience. So I understand exactly what's going on going on in my life right now. But I'm not going to be moved. I'm not going to be shaken by it. I'm going to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the works of the Lord. Because I refuse to miss the place where it's been prepared for me. I refuse to miss the mark based upon me trying to be the mark and impact other people's lives who are not even in alignment with my destiny. I refuse to do that. I'm not paying attention to what doesn't have the ability to put me at attention. I'm not doing that. And so this season, God has already prepared a place for you. He's already prepared a place for you to succeed. Hashtag 21, hashtag 21, consistency in any area of developed strength. You are consistent in understanding that being called is just not enough. I said what I said, and I'm not taking it back. I said what I said, and I'm not taking it back. Being called is just not enough. You've got to answer the call of God. 
And you got to do that by putting on the garments of righteousness. <laughs> I said what I said, and I'm not taking it back. I don't care how accuracy, how accurate you are in your prophetic gifting. I can always know a perverted prophet when I see one. You got perverted prophets, perverted apostles, apostate apostles. Y'all going to be all right in just a minute. I can see them, and I know them when I see them. They have not yet clothed themselves in the garments of righteousness, which then gives them the spirit of pride and arrogance that makes them think that their gifting will align them with their destiny. They've chosen their own destiny by their own choice not to obey and respond and submit to the call on their life to choose to put on the garments of righteousness. All of us, can I just say, not just those who are gifted, but those of us who think that we can live any kind of way and dismiss the garments of righteousness that's already been prepared for us by the hand of God through the blood of Jesus Christ, clothed and putting them on under the dispensation of grace and graced to wear them. This is the only way that God is going to recognize you as being in position at the table that he has prepared at the banquet that he's invited you to. <coughs> Do you not know in the scripture <coughs> they murdered the messenger who brought the invitation? They murdered them and, and, and God, <laughs> the king, then sent out people to say, you know, they murdered and, and, and give them what they gave us. People murder the messenger. When the messenger is operating in the realm of grace, graced in the garments of righteousness. Stop murdering the messenger and accept the call and answer the call of God on your life to be chosen to sit at what has been prepared for you already. It doesn't make sense for you to try to prepare something that your hands don't have the ability to prepare. You're fighting something and you're toiling with something that has already been prepared for you. Listen, I got to go by the leading of the Holy Spirit of God. If you're sowing today, I want you to get that seed in the ground. We sow 21 here. If you're new, you're sowing today because you heard the word of God and it has convicted you. The word convicted you. Didn't condemn you. It convicted you. It's a whole nother revelation within itself. And so the word of God has convicted you. And now you are following the conviction of the Holy Spirit of God. It could be you that have been running away from the call of God on your life, but now you have a total understanding of what God is doing and you're saying, I now understand that the mantle has already been prepared for me. And so instead of me running from the call of God on my life, I'm going to choose to submit to the sound that's been ringing in my spirit. I now am answering the call. You could be a part of the group that says, I've been doing whatever it is that I felt like I wanted to do while still calling on the name of Jesus. I understand that there's been a mantle of righteousness and a garment of righteousness that's been prepared for me. And all I've got to do is make a choice to put it on. If that's you today in any one of those categories, I want you to go ahead and get that seed in the ground today. And do not be ashamed that God has convicted you because the Bible says that he chastens those that he loves. And if you find yourself in one of those categories today, today repent and say, God, I now recognize that I've fallen into one of those two categories. I now am just not going to say, Lord, forgive me, but Lord, I repent. And you don't have to do it publicly because your relationship with Jesus is just that. But now you're saying, God, before you, I am repenting of a lack of understanding. And I've repented now because... 
I sometimes knew that you were calling me and I ignored it and I did what I wanted to do, thinking that the results were going to be the same that you have ordained for my life. And I found out that it wasn't the same. Today I repent and I go in the way that I should go. I don't understand it, God, and I don't know what's going to happen, but because I've answered the call, it's your responsibility to unfold the answer in my life as I obey. If you found yourself in those two categories, I want you to begin to say, Lord, I repent, and I thank you for sowing your seed today. I'm going to pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for the called, but now importantly, God, we thank you for the chosen. For many are called, but few are chosen. We are not going to think in this season that we can do whatever it is that we feel like we can do and dismiss the garments of righteousness. I thank you, Holy Spirit of God, for leading your people. And God, I thank you for continuously calling your people into a realm that you have prepared for them. And God, I thank you for not giving up on us because our lack of knowledge have caused us to be destroyed in areas where you are restoring us. We thank you now, Holy Spirit of God, for doing it. By your grace and your mercy, which is everlasting and kindness, we say thank you. God, we glorify you and we thank you in Jesus' mighty, wonderful name. Amen. I'm sitting here and the Holy Spirit of God says, tell them, some of them, what they need to name their seed because some of them just don't know. Some of you just need to name your seed. I say name your seed whatever you need to name your seed because you know your need and it's a personal relationship with you and Jesus Christ. And the Lord will tell you what to name your seed. But some people, some people just need that leading and they need that guidance. And I need you right now, if you just need to need that direction, uh, I just need you to understand and I need you to hear this by the leading of the Holy Spirit of God. I need you to say, I am chosen. Don't be afraid to make that claim. I am chosen. And if you just need to know what to name your seed. And the reason why the Holy Spirit of God said this is because now you're choosing to answer the call on your life. You're making an open decision and you are telling the atmosphere that now you are making a choice to answer the call of God upon your life. You are choosing to sanctify yourself holy and you are clothing yourself with the mantle of righteousness. And you are making an open declaration and proclamation into the atmosphere that you are now making a choice to be clothed in righteousness. So now, if that's you, you need to know what to name your seed. I am chosen. You're putting the words in the atmosphere and you are prophetically stepping into a realm that you are answering the call of God upon your life. Listen, until Friday morning at 5.45 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, I want you to receive a blessed day to have a blessed day. Because you can't have what you don't receive. Listen to me. You cannot have what you don't receive. So now when you receive the blessings of the Lord, you can walk in the blessings of God. You can then release the blessings of God. So today, I want you to receive a blessed day, to have a blessed day, to be a blessing to someone in their day, and to continue to receiving a remainder blessed of God's day. I love you with the love of the Lord and Savior.